Please tell me that I can't, that I won't, that I fail, that I'll never make it out, yeah. Please tell me all the bad, never good, fill my head full of bills. And welcome to the Workout Nerd Out. I'm Julio Lopez. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist, a certified personal trainer, and I've got my master's degree in nutrition. We're going to talk about hip abductions. I spent a little bit of time on TikTok, and increasingly I've noticed a bunch of the TikTok influencers talking about hip abductions, how they don't really work the glutes as much as you would think, that they instead work the small muscle called the piriformis. I'm going to talk about whether there's truth to that or if that's totally false and these guys are talking or are just in over their heads. So let's talk about the glute muscles. There's basically three big parts of the glute muscles. There's the gluteus medius, that's the side part of the glute. The gluteus maximus is obviously the main part of the glute. That's what most people are trying to build. And then there's the gluteus minimus, which kind of lies underneath the gluteus maximus. The gluteus medius, like I said, it's on the side of the glute. So that's one of the muscles that's really, really important for knee stability. A lot of times when uh, an athlete is to jump and land incorrectly where their knee caves in, a lot of times that can be related to weak gluteus medius muscles that causes that knee to cave in because it doesn't have the strength to keep the knee out. And when the knee caves in, all the added tension to the ACL could result in a tear. Doesn't mean that it's always going to uh, cause a tear, but there's a larger possibility that that could happen. But outside of athletes, the people that are most vulnerable to a weakened gluteus medius are folks that work a sanitary job. So if you're sitting down for extended periods of time, so if you're working like a, as a secretary, an accountant, a, an attorney, where you're sitting for long hours, and you're not using the leg muscles quite that often, so you're there's not really much need for the muscles to be super strong as opposed to somebody who's like a construction worker who's using his body all day having to lift heavy stuff, go up and down stairs or whatever. They're using their muscles a lot more so the gluteus medius muscles will be a lot stronger than a person that's more on the sedentary side. And outside of the working life, someone who's really sitting around all day during the weekend or during their time at home Remember, you're only at work for eight hours a day. For the remaining 16 hours, you're not going to the gym, you're not working out. Again, there's really no reason for the body to, to be super strong in muscles that aren't being used. So if you're not if you're not active in any way, it doesn't mean that you have to go to the gym to be strong or to keep your gluteus medius strong. It just means that if you're not active, there's really no incentive for the body to keep those muscles strong. So if you don't use the muscles, they're not going to be strong. And if they're not going to be strong, there's a greater risk of, of injury that you could uh, suffer from if you didn't train. So let's talk about hip abduction versus hip adduction. So abduction, that's A-B-D-U-C-T-I-O-N, and adduction, A-D-D, U-C-T-I-O-N. So just think of it as abduction, like abs, but that means that you're going outward. Adduction, like adding and subtracting, that means the legs are coming inward. So whenever you see the machines where usually girls are using it, where they're pushing their legs out wide, that's generally more of a glute exercise. 
if they have it the other way where instead they're bringing their legs in together that's an inner thigh groin muscle exercise this in my opinion as a personal trainer i do believe that not only girls should be using that so a lot of times in sports like hockey one of the most common injuries for hockey players and basketball players is a torn groin muscle or a strained groin muscle so if you're not using a machine like that and you like to play sports uh pick up sports you would probably be best advised to start using that uh, machine in case you want to reduce the risk of suffering an injury by uh, in your in your groin muscle or if you don't want to have a torn acl so let's go into the misconceptions on social media there's a lot of misinformation out there doesn't mean that all of it is misinformation. There's a lot of TikTok influencers and Instagram influencers, YouTube influencers that do put out a lot of good information that they're very knowledgeable and they do know what they're talking about. But there's also those that really just like to spout off things that are uh, controversial or they just know that it's going to get a good amount of traction just because it's so, um, so something that sounds like it's unique that only they hold this knowledge but a lot of times it really doesn't mean that so what when it comes to research you have to understand that research really just builds up upon each uh, on, up upon itself there in very rare situations is like something that has been believed that has been supported for an extended period of time just completely wiped out all of a sudden and you just start from scratch. There's really no sense in starting from scratch. Otherwise, you're just going to be starting over, all, over and over and you're not going to make any progress. Think of it as like setting up a giant Lego set. If you were to build up a castle and then you'd knock it down because you wanted to also have a new tower, and then you knock that down because you also wanted to have a drawbridge, no, instead you're gonna have your tower and then you're gonna add your you're gonna have your main castle, you're gonna have your add your tower, and then you're gonna add the drawbridge and add whatever other things that you want to add. It doesn't mean that that castle is less worthy, it's still the basic foundation of that uh, of that Lego set. So I know that is kind of a weird analogy, but hopefully it made some sense. So let's talk about hip adductions. <laughs> Again, one of the the things that really cracks me up when I when I first started using TikTok was seeing how many of these fitness influencers started talking about how hip adductions don't work the gluteus the glutes that it only trains the piriformis. In case you didn't know, the piriformis is this tiny muscle. It's defined as a small pear shaped muscle in the glutes. It courses parallel to the posterior margin of the gluteus medius, deep to the gluteus maximus, rotates the femur during the hip, ex during the hip extension, and abducts the femur during flexion. So, in English, <laughs> what that means is, yes, the piriformis does work in hip abduction. So, when you're, you're standing up straight, and you move the legs, the leg out wide. Yes, the piriformis does work, but the gluteus medius is a much larger muscle, 
So that's why when you're using a hip abduction machine and you're being able to use like 70, 80, 90, 100 pounds or whatever, it's not the tiny little small pear-shaped muscle that is the piriformis that's doing that. For the most part, it's the gluteus medius that's doing it because it's a much larger muscle. Think of it like when you're doing a bench press, pressing from the chest instead of pressing with the hands up against the uh, uh, around where the shoulders are, where the neck is. When you have your hands up like this, you're really using a whole lot of shoulder, not so much of your pec muscles, as opposed to having the bar aligned with the middle part of your chest where you're using the much larger, much stronger pec muscles. So the same kind of goes when you're doing a hip abduction exercise. Their body is going to, if the resistance load is great, your muscle, your body is going to use much larger muscles to be able to perform the exercise. So, like going back to the piriformis, is it does work when you're doing a hip abduction, and it's also the muscle that allows you to twist your leg in and out moving or moving it around so it doesn't mean that it's it's not important it's definitely important that's why it's there but it's not going to be overtrained just by doing a hip abduction instead your much larger gluteus medius is going to be doing the majority of the work there is something called piriformis syndrome this is most common in people that live sedentary lives, like I mentioned earlier. Somebody that's, that works as a secretary, an accountant, an attorney who works long hours sitting down. Again, because that person is not training, actively working the muscle, there's really not as much of a reason for the body to keep it strong. Unless, of course, that person is to exercise in, their, in the remaining time of their day then they can actually continue to strengthen the muscle and reduce their risk of having piriformis syndrome. So piriformis syndrome is kind of, think of it kind of like sciatica where you feel the numbness going down the leg. That's, that's one of the main symptoms of piriformis syndrome. It's just a discomfort that runs down the leg through the glute. The gluteus medius, again, is a much larger than the piriformis. And that's why you're able to use uh, heavy weights with the hip abduction machine. If it was only the piriformis that was doing all the work with the hip abduction machine, then you'd probably only be able to use like a band or keep it at like 10 or 20 pounds. You really would not be able to get anywhere above 50 pounds if it was, if it was just the piriformis doing the, the work. At this point, there is no current research indicating that piriformis injuries occur from doing hip abduction exercises. So this goes with, along with doing a hip thrust where you've got a loop band around the legs. So this is actually one of my favorite variations of the hip thrust. You basically put a loop band around the legs, either above or below the knees, as long as it's close to the knee. Because you're stretching out the band, you want to keep the feet about hip width apart, making sure that the knees are just as wide as the feet. Because the band is being stretched out, that means there's resistance being created because the band wants to return to its original position, to its original state. So bands are usually 9 inches or, or 12 inches. 
if you've got to expand it to say 15 or 18 inches there's resistance forming because that band wants to come back together but your gluteus medius muscles are what's pushing the band to be stretched out that way when you're doing a hip thrust while you're pushing the hips up at the same time you're getting an isometric exercise going on for the gluteus medius along with the gluteus maximus doing the majority of the work to bring the hips up to the top of the hip thrust position so this is working a lot of times if you're doing this variation of the hip thrust yeah you're not going to be able to use as much weight as you normally do with the hip thrust it doesn't take away from the potential amount of gains that you might be able to get but it can help benefit you by building up the gluteus medius muscle so you can get the rounder shape on the side of the glute and it's also great for doing body weight exercise uh, body weight hip thrust variation where if you don't have a barbell but you still want to get a good uh, uh, quality glute exercise by doing a hip thrust and you just want to use your body weight that's a really good way you could you don't really have to do too too much i mean after 15 repetitions you'll be able to start feeling a really good burn especially if you're continuing to drive the knees out wide if you're letting those knees cave in and the bend's not really stretching that far then you're just cheating yourself and you might as well just take out the bend because you're not adding a whole lot more uh stress to the gluteus medius muscles when you're doing that like i said there's no current research indicating that piriformis injuries are linked directly with hip abduction exercises that doesn't mean that there might not be there is totally a possibility that there could be research showing that hip abductions could are bad for the piriformis but at this time there's only research that shows that hip abductions are really good for 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 the glute muscles and don't really stress the piriformis any more than anything else that you do of course like if all you did was a whole crap load of hip abduction exercises every single day then yeah i guess there's a possibility that you might uh strain the piriformis muscle over a period of time but then again you're kind of that's just really unwise for you to do uh, any anyone with basic common knowledge of training would understand the need for taking at least one rest day in between your your glute exercise days so that's that for the piriformis and hip abductions again all those fit tiktok influencers or instagram influencers telling you not to use the band when you're doing hip thrust or not to do hip abduction machines because all it does is strain the piriformis they are full of crap and don't listen to them and next up let's talk about starting the journey this is about this is really for the folks that are brand new to lifting they're thinking about starting their workout journey to get into better shape especially right now we're inching nearer and nearer to the new years where of course with most gyms you see a giant boost in the crowd size at the gyms a lot of those folks are either brand new to the gym or they're folks that have just gotten away from working out consistently and they're using that as their opportunity to get back into shape so here are a couple tips that i hope will be able to help you 
to make the most out of your journey and to keep it going for an extended period of time. So most folks that go to the gym for uh, their New Year's resolutions, uh, studies show that at least 85% of those folks stop before the end of the first month. So before even getting to February, about 85% of the New Year's resolution crowd actually drops off. So hopefully this will give you a couple points and tips that might be able to help you so you could be part of that 15% or if enough people watch this, get that at least to 20%, 25%. Hopefully more people will stick around with the gym. We want more people at the gym so we can make this country a lot healthier, the whole world a lot healthier. So first off, set goals. Two, have a plan. And three, be patient. So when I tell you set goals, you have to know your why. Ask yourself, why do you want to start working out? Why is it important for you to start training? Is it because your doctor recommended it? Because you're showing signs of hypertension or your diabetes has has been getting worse or you've been or you've just been diagnosed with diabetes or you're close to to being diabetic? but you're not quite there if you start training and you start losing some weight there is a possibility that you can actually avoid diabetes if you're pre-diabetic also you might just want to spend more time with your family uh, if you want to be able to go with your kids be able to play with them instead of just sitting off to the side when they they're all running around the park that's another really good reason for you to start exercising you, some folks just want to be stronger. They want to have more endurance. They, they're tired of being tired. They're tired of being weak. They're tired of going on board of an airplane and having some having to rely on someone else to put their bag in the overhead compartment. They want to take charge of their lives. That's another really good reason that it might be your reason uh, that you want to start training. Also. And of course, the most common, especially around New Year's time, is folks have noticed that they've been gaining some weight and they want to drop a couple pounds. They've been noticing that uh, they're, they're getting a little more jiggly and their clothes are feeling a little tighter. Some of their, their favorite jeans are getting a little too tight for comfort. And they just want to make sure that they have, uh, they can have that have that go away so their clothes can fit better and they can start feeling more confident about themselves just because the waking has kind of hurt them in that manner and having the plan so this is really important there's a really good saying that i love it goes a failure to plan is a plan to fail so what does that mean so a general that's fighting in a war, he's not going to just send his troops out there because they're just going to get massacred. He doesn't know what where the opposition is. He doesn't know what kind of danger there are, what's the environment like. The general will have to know all that information so that way he can develop a strategy where to put the troops. Should he send an airdrop? Should he use uh, drones or submarines, Navy SEALs? Things to get some intel, intel from uh, about the enemy so that way he'll know where the weak points are for the enemy 
and be able to take advantage of those. That's what you also need when it comes to getting into better shape. You have to have a plan. So when it comes to working out, do your research. Uh, some people, I of course, as a personal trainer, I'm really biased towards weight training. I've been doing weight training for ever since I was in high school. I'm also really biased with rowing, but I also understand that weight training and rowing is not really the most ideal for everybody. I wish it was because I love those two things, but not everybody has the same likes and uh, on the types of exercises that I do. Discover what types of exercises, what types of exercises that you like. If you're a big MMA fan or you're a big boxing fan, you're thinking, hey, I, I don't want to fight, but I do understand that these fighters are in really good shape. Maybe I should start trying that. And then you could go online, check out all the MMA or boxing gyms that they have in your town, what they have to offer, how much it costs, does it fit your budget. Those are That's a really important thing. You have to make sure that you know what your budget is and you know that you can afford it. And test out the the programs that appeal to you. So don't just go all in in just one. Have give yourself some options so that way you'll be able to test drive whichever type of training that you want to take up, and then you can be able to have a more uh, a more informed decision when it comes to deciding what type of exercise you want to stick with for the long run because you know that. You have a better picture that that type of exercise is going to keep you more engaged and will keep you going along with it for the long term. So it could be, again, it could be boxing, it could be weight training, it could be Pilates, yoga, rowing, hiking, whatever you like. Find the one that you like, that you love, that you know you're going to stick with. And that one is more than likely going to be your path to better health. Also. Know your abilities. <laughs> this is a big one. How much experience do you have? Like if you go into a gym, you're going to start weight training and starting in the New Year's and you, you sign up to a gym. Don't just go on the treadmill and walk around using every single machine and thinking that that's all you have to do to get in shape. Just do whatever, how, how much time you want. Uh, on the treadmill or the elliptical and then we'll just walk around aimlessly. No, you have to know what it is that you can and can't do. So some people, like let's say you have a, a, an injured shoulder. Yes, well, a lot of upper body exercises, you probably will have to be really, really careful or may have to actually skip out on because you don't want to aggravate that injury. You also have to understand that that exercises like uh, deadlift, you have to under you have to learn how to use proper technique, uh, mainly because a lot of free weight exercises like deadlifts, like squats, or hip thrusts, even if you're using poor technique, uh, especially if you're trying to build up the weight as much as possible because you see there's a cute girl at your gym and you're trying to impress her or there's a good looking guy at, at your gym and you're trying to impress him that's not the way to go and you're just going to injure yourself and guess what if you injure yourself you're not going to be able to go to the gym if you don't, don't go to the gym 
you're probably not going to want to come back to the gym once you get healed up. Consider joining a class or even hiring a trainer. This especially goes to the people that aren't very uh, experienced in weight training. Hiring a personal trainer can be a really good way to get yourself more familiarized with the gym equipment, how to use it, and also how to learn also to learn how to do a lot of the exercises that could benefit you. Along with having a plan comes the nutrition side. Just like with the workouts, you want to do your research and discover which type of meal plans appeal to you. Go online. You don't have to do intermittent fasting because that's what's trending on Twitter. Or you don't have to do keto just because that's what's trending on TikTok. You want to be able to look at whichever type of meal plan, which type of meal strategy, which type of diet you think would work best for you. And like I said, with the exercises, test them out. See which one most appeals to you that you think that you'd be able to do for the long run. Uh, going along with the research side, you have to ask yourself a bunch of questions like, first off, whichever nutrition strategy you're going with, does it meet your nutrient needs? So a lot of these really trending nutrition strategies, these diets like intermittent fasting, someone's, let's say, some celebrities trying to promote this diet, you decide you want to take it, but you look at the types of foods and you realize there's absolutely no vegetables or no produce at all in that diet, you're probably going to be... Uh, is really short on your nutrient intake. You're not going to get all the vitamins and minerals that your body needs, and you ideally don't want to have to rely too, too much on supplements to be able to hit your nutrient needs. You want to ideally, ideally, you want to get your vitamins and minerals from actual food as opposed to relying on stuff that's just fortified with the vitamins and minerals or or just supplements. Also, ask yourself if you're if you see yourself eating this way for the long run. Are you if you're going to go keto? Do you really see yourself eating like that six year six weeks from now or a year from now? If you don't, uh, it's probably not going to work for you. I know some people they absolutely love keto. They've been doing it for a bunch of years. Other people's other people had been doing it for three months. At first, they loved it, but then they got really, really tired because the the size of the menu options are a lot smaller when you're doing a ketogenic diet. So they quickly got bored and they went back to eating normally. If you're not really familiar with nutrition, also think about hiring a nutritionist or working with a registered dietitian. Make sure you research their background. Do they have? Do they actually have a degree like me? You see right here. That's a master's in nutrition. I went to school. I studied my butt off. I earned that shit. <laughs> uh, if the person is just a personal trader, uh, he went to community college and and finished halfway through his diesel mechanics school. That's not an expert in nutrition, and I would not really be too uh, open to dealing with that guy because I'm not saying that he's not smart, but 
unless he does demonstrate that he does have some expertise in nutrition, it would be really, really hard for me to trust someone like that. And along with the personal trainer or with whatever training plan that whatever training exercise that you want to do, you have to ask yourself, does it fit your budget? Don't be expecting to get the deal of the century with every nutritionist that you talk to. A person that's got a higher education, that has a lot more expertise, much more experience, they're going to charge more than someone that's just starting off just because they have the all the time, the effort, the work, the experience that they've done to get to that point. They would have to be compensated for that. So think of it as like the doctor, like one of the reasons why going to a doctor is expensive is because they went through really, really intense school. They've been doing the work for a long time. It took a long time to get there. And that's one of the reasons why doctors usually charge more. Same thing goes with personal trainers and, and dietitians, nutritionists, the more experienced ones. Expect them to charge a little more I would really highly advise against bargain shopping when it comes to nutritionists, dietitians, or personal trainers. Just because one trainer is offering training at low bald wages, like they're charging $100 a month for their personal training versus another training, another trainer with a lot more experience is charging $500 a month. You have to weigh the options. Like if the $500 a month is outside of your budget, then just accept it. Don't try to haggle with them because you're making, you're just making life hard for them. You're not going to haggle with it. You're not going to try to go to Mercedes dealership expecting to pay Kia prices. So show the trainer, nutritionist, dietitian the respect that they deserve by not being disrespectful to them just because of their dues, the, their, because of their fees. Finally, be patient. This is so important. Uh, we live in an on-demand society where basically everything you want, you could get right now. If I had to watch a, yesterday's World Cup game, all I have to do is pull it up on my phone and I'd, I'd be able to watch it. Whereas before the internet really took off, like in the 94 World Cup, if I had to watch the USA-Brazil game, uh, I would have to wait for whatever TV channel to show the re-air, re and then that's when I'd be able to watch the game. I'm not, I wouldn't be able to pull it up on a computer. I mean, at the time, I didn't even have a computer, so... so Stop, get out of the habit of expecting having everything done immediately. Like, you have to be patient. One of the reasons why with weight loss, uh, experts suggest losing uh, at a rate of 1 to 2 pounds a week is because if you're dropping 10, 15, 20 pounds a week, a lot of that weight isn't only fat that you're losing. A lot of times that also includes muscle and water. Also, be honest about your current state. Remember what I said, training experience. If you're really inexperienced with your training, expect that the first couple of weeks or months are going to be dedicated mostly to learning how to work out properly, how to deal with the soreness, how you can move along without 
hurting yourself. Also, you, be honest about your activity level. If you've been really sedentary for a long time, don't expect to be lifting crazy weights or be doing be expecting to do like crazy hardcore workouts just because it looks really awesome on a hype video. And also understanding that if your eating habits right now aren't really aren't too ideal, don't be expecting that overnight you're going to be able to eat nothing but boiled chicken and broccoli every day for the rest of your life. You're going to get tired of that. You're gonna you're gonna get sick of it. Also, ease yourself into a healthy lifestyle. Give yourself a break-in period. Maybe instead of trying to go all in all of a sudden, especially for the New Year's crowd, instead of just trying to go all out, working out, all out healthy eating right away, and that's what you're gonna stick with for the long term. Try set yourself three days. Be working out, eating healthy. One day, go back to like relax, and the next time, and again, three days working out, eating healthy. One day, relax. That way, you're letting your body and your mind understand what you have in store. So as you go along, you'll be able to expand that. You could start making it four days where you're going all out and super healthy, and then one day. Or two days where you're giving yourself a little bit of a break. Five days and then one day. Six days and then one day. Things like that. That way you're not in a total shock and feeling totally sick because you completely change your, turn your whole lifestyle upside down all of a sudden. And during the break-in period, you want to focus on familiarizing yourself with the movements. Focusing more on the getting uh, on a achieving perfect technique again this goes again with what I mentioned earlier about hiring a trainer if it fits your budget if you don't have the budget to be able to afford hiring a trainer uh, consider consider filming yourself at the gym of course if you're going to do this make sure that you check with the gym if they allow it because I understand a lot of Gym members don't like the idea of being filmed because somebody's filming themselves and they're in the background. If that's an issue, uh, make sure that you respect the gym's policies. If you're filming, even then, try to set up a camera at an angle where you're getting a good view of yourself and your technique. And you're trying to make it so you're not including too many people in the background just so you can respect other people's wishes not to be filmed. Some people, they just don't care about being filmed. Other people, it kind of makes them self-conscious and uncomfortable if they notice that somebody's filming themselves, especially if they're turning their phone and it's getting everybody behind them. Try to be respectful to other members at the gym. When it comes to the meals, again, test drive the meal plans. Ask yourself if you think that it's something that you can stick with and also make sure that you do your research to find out if that meal plan is going to be uh, satisfying your nutrition needs. Does it have all the vitamins and minerals that your body is going to require or are you going to have to be relying substantially on having to take supplements? If it's mostly supplements that you have to be taking to be able to achieve your the proper nutrient density, it's probably not the best meal plan that you want to uh, adopt. So 
you might want to check out other meal plans that are similar if that one did appeal to you and find something that has a greater amount of vitamins and minerals for you to be able to get those from the food that you're eating instead of relying so much on supplements. And when it comes to eating, you have to understand that results can take several weeks or months for them to start showing up. Uh, a lot of times the rapid results, sure, it's great to feel that all this weight has come off uh, suddenly that you drop 20 pounds in a month or in two months, but understand that a lot of times that could, that could be from lost water or lost muscle mass. When that is the deal, there's a better chance that you might actually regain the weight and then some. And when you regain the weight, a lot of the weight that you regained is coming from fat as opposed to muscle. Finally, trust the process. This is super important. You have to understand that uh, not everything's going to come as rapidly as you would want. Sometimes there's going to be a delay. Other times it might not happen. In these cases, don't be afraid to make some changes. This, if the workout plan that you're doing, something about it just isn't feeling right, and there's uh, certain exercises that you don't really care for, if you think that you're okay with lifting heavier weight, or if you think you need to lighten the weight load, don't be afraid with making some changes if you're doing the workouts on your own. If you're working with a trainer and this is going on in your head, don't be afraid with letting your trainer know. A lot of times a trainer might have their workout plan and have their ideas of what's going on, but they will never fully know unless you communicate that with your trainer. And then they can take, uh, take that information and be able to make changes so that way, because trainers usually don't want you to feel disappointed with their training styles. So again, make sure you communicate that with your trainer if you're working with one or if you're working on your own, make little changes on your own. So the workout plan or your meal plan will better fit you. Finally, enjoy yourself. Don't think of working out as, as like the daily grind just because you see all these pictures of The Rock working out, looking all super hardcore, or those videos of Arnold Schwarzenegger looking all angry, all pumped up, you have to have fun. If you don't have fun, you're not going to really want to go back. So learn to enjoy yourself and enjoy the process. Stick with it. Be committed to it. And if there's uh, any help that you still need, don't be afraid to reach out to me or reach out to one of the trainers at your gym.